Hey everyone, welcome once again to Podcast in Death, the weekly podcast where we discuss the in-death series of books by J.D. Robb. I'm AJ. I'm Jen. And I'm Kat. Oh, Catherine's here with us today. Yeah. Oh, that's why. So I was just going to say that Tara's not here with us again today because of theater. Theater. Um, but we have Catherine here with us. And um, I actually found Catherine, she, you had a, a um, podcast for a brief time where you reviewed books and you reviewed uh, Naked and Death. Yes. It, and I was... I've, I'm slowly getting back into the podcast, but work had me on 60 hours a week. So I'm like, you're going to have to mm. go on hold until we find somebody. So I'm back to reviewing books again every two weeks. All right, so, cool. But I obviously, one of the first books I had to review was Naked and Death because I had to review my favorite series of all time. I was not going to let that slide. <laughs> right. right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, which is kind of why we're here. <laughs> You know, um, so, you know, it's we want to talk about Eve's character progression. And, you know, it's always it's always interested me. So I don't know how much you know about our backstory. If you listen to like the first episode or anything like that. Um, I've listened to the most recent ones and I'm working my way backward. Actually, yeah. Um, uh, well, so my first in-death book was Witness. That was in 2000, oh. I think. And um, nobody that I knew read these books, you know. I read Witness, and then I had to go back and start with Naked and read all those. And it got to the point where, I think it was 2002, when I was like, I, I'm just I'm dying to talk to somebody about these books. Like I have to, I, and, and there really wasn't anything at that time. There was no Facebook um, and all that. So there was really nobody out there. So um, I went ahead and started my own forum online and it was called indeath.net. So, and it became pretty big. We got yeah. a couple thousand people. Uh, more than a lot for that time period yeah yeah we had um, a lot of people yeah so shortly after i met jen she was on another website which was nora's official message board forum at that time which was adwolf.com jen was on there that's how we knew each other she started reading the in-death series and then joined my site and soon after i made her a moderator so that's how we know each other yeah um but we are always talking about, you know, the old days with, you know, yeah. on the forum, with, you know, and, and mostly because we remember things on the forum discussions that we had. And, and so the reason I'm saying all of this is because I remember quite a bit on the forum, people talking about how, you know, I'm so tired of like Eve never progressing, you know, she's always this way and she's never, never grows as a character, you know, it's just such nonsense. Yeah. You know, but it, the timeline gets to people be, because of the fact that time in the series goes so slowly, but well, I mean, it kind of years. has to, when you're writing, uh, when you know when a book is releasing every six months you can't have time jumps that you just you can't do that so no. i actually love that time goes slowly in the books because it feels like you're 
you know, when you read the series, it feels like you're living it. You're right there with her. You're right in her life with her. And you can see how it progresses as long as you actually read all of the books and you you look at them as a linear progression. You don't look at it as just this book. In one book, she doesn't progress very much, but she progresses and her character changes if you read it all the way through. Oh, so much. Yeah. So, um, but it's that, yeah, it is that timeline that people like, you know. They have have a hard time with it. It throws people. Yeah, you know, I've been reading the series for 20 years, and so because of that, you know, Eve should progress as a character, and you know. And that's why 50-year-olds can play Peabody if we ever cast this movie. (laughs) Well, you know. (laughs) That's another story altogether. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let me read a couple of our reviews and we'll get an idea of kind of what people say because this is kind of very typical of what people would say back in the day too on the on the uh on the forum so we had one person review and i can't remember which book this was so sorry the 13th in the series whichever one that is jen um hold on let me i got a math (laughs) (laughs) you know i don't math yeah i know Oh, this is um, seduction. Seduction, yep. So this review said, this is the 13th in the series, and I guess I should be used to Eve's stubborn refusal to make it easy on herself. She just seemed to irk me to no end, even refusing to admit when she was sick and had to take some flu medication. Rourke had to sit on top of her so that the medicine could be thrown down her throat. She's been married to Rourke for nearly a year now. Shouldn't she accept a little love, tenderness, friendship, and support by now? That man is a saint with everything he has to endure. <laughs> what she has to put up with from his side sometimes. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, because then you have the same, you have people on the opposite side are like, Rourke is so controlling. I can't believe he actually forces medicine on her. Hey, you know, I, I have a person in my life who... Medicine and vegetables. They all have to be snuck into them somehow. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes that's just how people are. And considering her early childhood, you know, of right. course it's going to take her more than a year to learn how to accept love and yeah. accept taking care of. And in these later books, he doesn't have to force medicine on her anymore. He just kind of sneaks it in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he learned. There's character progression. You learned. Learn. Yeah. And that's the difference. See, that's the thing. He learns just like mm-hmm. Eve does. Well, that's Rourke's learning, though. Now we have to now we have to think about Eve's learning, whether she's progressed. Oh, she but, absolutely has, because she will in Faithless and Death with when she was hitting that wall, she had to she accepted that. You know what? I need to shut down. He's not going to have to force me to shut down. I'm going to shut down. I'm going to let it stew so that way, which is I'm going to let it percolate so that way it can, I can learn more. And he didn't have to push her into bed. He didn't have to wait until she hit a wall, which is, it's a progression. It's a change, especially from the early years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Because we were just talking about naked. This was off the, uh, the show, but you were just mentioning naked and how much different oh is from that time to now Mm -hmm. it's i guess reading it for the first time a couple months ago rereading it again for you know it's been a couple of years rereading it so close 
to Faithless and Death kind of it, it really changed how I saw the characters. It's like like they're the same character, but wow, you can yeah. see how everything is different. How she was impressed with riches before, and now she's just like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> one of the one of the big things that stood out to me in the book that was a stark contradiction between naked in death and faithless in death is in naked in death. She's very impressed with Sharon to blast with the victim. She's very impressed with her insanely touch up with shoes. And she's taken aback by the way people are put together. And she is kind of thrown for a loop by the people who are stuck in that richer lifestyle. She doesn't notice Emily and Richard's sadness or the way it would seem off in that sort of household. But in Faithless and Death, when she's dealing with she's dealing with Gwen and she's looking at her, she's picking up on things, she's picking up on signs, the way she's dressed, which is something Eve never would have noticed in the beginning. She noticed the way she put herself together, the lipstick she had on, the way her hair was made up, and how that showed that obviously Gwen was lying. They, that's something that I don't think she would have noticed earlier on in the series. There's no way Eve in Naked in Death and Holiday in Death, there's no way she would have noticed nearly as much about how out of character Gwen's performance was. Mm-hmm. So I, it, there's a huge change there and I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a great point. I think I don't can't remember if it was Faithless. It was one of the really early books. So we've talked about those moments throughout the series um, where Eve will go into her closet and start getting dressed and then she'll come out and works like not that jacket, you know, uh-huh. those those times. And um, I was saying at the time that it, it was so fascinating to me. This is another point of character growth where um at that at the time when he start first started doing that she would go like what what i don't understand like why doesn't this go why why not this jacket what you know but um there was a scene i think it was in faithless but i i can't remember now off the top of my head but um where she's goes into her closet and she starts to you know get dressed and starts to grab a, a jacket or something and then she's like oh wait a minute Okay. That's the wrong jacket. That's the wrong jacket. (laughs) Yeah. And it shows, I know I saw. Shadows, wasn't it? It was in Shadows. Yeah, it was Shadows. Okay, it was Shadows. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She goes, wait a minute, I saw a jacket that would fit this. So let me put this one back and grab this. And you're like, look at you, girl. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Good job. And, and, that behavior from work seems a little bit controlling at first, but you understand it now. I mean, you know, he just wants her to understand that she, you know, needs to look a certain way in certain situations. You know, she has to look more put together. He wants her to put her best foot forward and that's why he does it. Yeah. And more towards the, I guess not, not literally like shadows and death, but more towards like, um, when you start looking at like creation and treachery and death area, a little bit more like two thirds of the way through the series where we are now, she starts asking, she says, Hey, this is what I need. I need this look. So go into the closet, find everything the closet fairy left me and put together this look and he'll come out and she'll be like, aha, see, I knew you could do it. So it's, it's less controlling. It's him showing her look. 
you're not alone. You have tools at your disposal that you never had before. Use them, please. I'm begging you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We talked about this before as far as Rourke being controlling versus him just wanting what's best for her. Because my whole thing is, is these people that always are claiming he's controlling, I'm like, but he's not. Because no. if, if he were controlling, he would make her wear those clothes. He's yes. not making her wear those clothes. He's mm-hmm. saying, hey, maybe you should wear this. And if Eve didn't, if Eve didn't like it, she'd tell him to fuck off. <laughs> yes, honestly, she would. Honestly, she'd deliver yeah. one of her bite me's and yeah. there yeah. you are. Yeah. I mean, sorry, we swear a little bit on this podcast. Oh, that's <laughs> fine. No, it's just in the book, she's, I picked up the bite me phrase myself oh no 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 i just wanted to make it clear i've got a bit of a potty mouth um that's that's (laughs) you know you read these books so i'm assuming you're okay with that (laughs) totally Uh, she does have preteens in the house though yeah i have some preteens she does have fully understand that they're oh no they're You've never, my mom, when she watches hockey, I've learned. I'm never, I'm never, ever, ever going to be able to control what they hear. I can just control what they say, and they know there are circumstances it's acceptable. So, yeah, yeah, no, it's. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, but yeah, no, she would not, she wouldn't deal with, she wouldn't stand for it. And so, yeah, you know, and if she, so that's, that's what the difference is for me. If, so if you were truly a controlling individual, which I mean, everybody is to a point, right? Yes. Everybody is. And he has but to be more if, so because look at what he has to deal with. Not right. just on Eve's front, but, you know, and I feel like, the no, he, he's conqueror of the known world. Of course, he has to be controlling. You right. Exactly. And I feel like uh-huh. to push it into kind of that toxic territory where controlling is bad. Um, it's when he'd be like, no, you're not leaving the house like that. You know, right. Which yeah. he never does. He's just he like, never okay, does. if you want to look stupid when you leave, that's fine with me. I don't care. Yeah. 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 Well, then- he never does. And Eve never, even at the beginning when she kind of pushed back about it, she mm-hmm. never, she never saw it as him being controlling. No. The only times he's ever tried to be even mildly controlling, she's like, um, yeah, excuse me? <laughs> yeah. where, where do you come off with yeah. telling me that I, I need think... to wear a bulletproof vest? No, you need to wear a bulletproof vest. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so right. She, mm-hmm. And she, and that's another example of her growing where it used to be they'd have an argument over who would wear what, who would change their life to be a little bit safer. And now in the most recent book, it's, hey, let's get ready to take on. I'm not even going to consider leaving you out of this. You're in here with me. You're on my team with me. We both wear protection. We both take care of ourselves. So right. they, they've they grown to realize that they're stronger taking care of themselves together. And I, yeah. I love that growth. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this whole review that i just read you know they're talking about isn't it time that she you know accepts a little you know love and tenderness and you know that kind of thing and it's so funny because it it just seems like people and this this review was well this was uh what did i say this was um seduction seduction we just talked about purity and um, all those little moments in purity, because of what's happened 
with Feeney in Purity. Oh, um, God. All those, all those little moments in Purity where she and Feeney have those kind of almost father-daughter moments, like mm-hmm. where when he's being held captive and at the end of it, she goes over and she grabs his hand, you know? Um, yeah. Same thing later on when uh, they see McNabb, McNabb is now starting to walk again. She goes over to Feeney and grabs his hand, you know? Yeah. And there was a scene in, in between where she had to console him and, you know, tell him, you know, go back, go home to your wife, you know. Yeah. Um, but all those little little times where I, I we were saying before we couldn't remember her showing that much affection, even though it was a little bit with Feeney, you know, openly. But yeah, in that she, book, she did. She grew. She changed and she... I think what I liked most about it was noticing like at that point in time, it's like she realized that I realized that, hey, she's recovering from everything that happened. She's recovering from everything. She's learning to open herself up and love and not just like she was perfectly fine loving Rourke. As scary as it was, she was fine with that. But she's that's when you really start to notice her loving everybody. She opens up and she starts caring about everybody to the point where when she has her little backyard barbecues or she has her little Christmas parties, she's just like, where do all these people come? I don't remember being involved with this many people. There they are. Yeah. She's yeah. always like, you know, like almost, by like that. surprised by it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've mentioned I many, find adorable. Honestly. Yeah. And we've mentioned it. many times, uh, you know, because you were saying like as soon as she opened up to Rourke, it was like the floodgates opened almost. Right. Mm-hmm. And, everybody um, started she started caring about everybody. She was doing yeah. fine, cultivating no relationships, and then she had Rourke. Besides and now it's, besides Mavis, but you know, I mean Well, Mavis didn't let go. <laughs> Mavis and her have the same stubbornness and it's you know right. they have that same stubbornness so of course she was never gonna let go but right. you know and she had Feeney but Feeney I don't think she would have ever admitted to herself that she saw him as a father figure without mm-hmm. giving herself that chance to open up and grow so it I love how she sees him as a father figure and I love those moments where you really see how much he means to her and how much, you know, not just works relationship with her, but when you see how much other people mean to her, how much Mm -hmm. Feeney means to her, how much he can hurt her and how much she accepts that he has that ability to hurt her Mm -hmm. while also at the same time, he makes her stronger. Her love for him makes her stronger. So it's, she's learning that now and it's it's great that she's learning that as well as everybody else learning it right yeah and we've you know also talked uh several times about our really how much we really love eve kind of admitting to herself her kind of uh, crush on mr mira Mira. oh god yes she's just like he's such he's the sweetest old man and he I can kind of see what I love about it is it kind of gives me a glimpse into the future at to me it's it's it seems like it's like it's mirroring the relationship she never had 
It's a grandmother grandfather relationship she never had. And it's mirroring the beautiful relationships that Rourke found when he found his family. Mira's relationship with Eve mirrors Rourke's Irish connections and his family. So it's when she realizes that, hey, he has this big family that loves him, but you know, so do I. <laughs> I have this big family that loves me too. And I have a little bit of crush on Mr. Mira. And I think that that's, that's showing where eventually even Rourke are going to get to. They're going to get yeah. to that beloved. They love each other. They're still with each other's status. Rourke mm-hmm. will never be that absent-minded, but still. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> Yeah, I just think it it that's something that I think Naked and Death Eve would never have even realized, even if she had met Mr. Mira. Like oh. that feeling. She didn't never even realize what it was. She would never have... realized what it was, and she never would have even if she had recognized it, I think she would have beat herself up about it. Right. In yeah. a way that she won't now because she understands, you know, it's it's not a bad feeling. It's a feeling of love and connection. It's not something to be upset about. You're not betraying Mira. You know, she was very, Naked and Death Eve was very black and white, cut and dried. This is how things are. She had no shades of gray. And she's learning to add color into her world now. And it's fantastic. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, did you have another review that somebody wanted to say something ridiculous about? I always have reviews. So, um, so this is another one where I'm like, I, I just don't understand people that do this. So this review, um, not really sure. Again, I don't know. I just threw them in here and I don't remember which book it was from. But this one says, um, I'm not insensitive to the trauma Eve's past has left behind, but I'm starting to get fed up with all the drama. I'm not saying that she has to get over it. It's obviously something you don't get over easily. But I would prefer if such big parts of the book weren't dedicated to Eve being hurt and having nightmares and needing work to fight them back and making comparisons between the victims and her situation, etc. Not because I can't take the drama, but because it's the same thing in every book over and over again. 13 books and nothing has changed in that respect. So I would prefer it if the nightmares became something that is just there and doesn't need a 10 page space to be developed only to essentially prove to be just another nightmare like all the other ones before it. Wow. Eve's trauma. Yeah, right? And that's another that's another one another that's pretty thing. common. Pretty common for people yeah. to say like, you know, wow. I'm just over it. It's like, guys, she wasn't this wasn't a baby trauma. She didn't stub her toe in childhood. Right. This I isn't, know. you right. know, she didn't get lost in a department store. She she went through hell she's not only is it something that you don't recover from easily it's something she's she will never recover from that right ever but she does make strides towards recovery i mean you look at you look at naked and death and what the characters went through and the sexual assault that they went through you know the whole sexual component before the death and then you look at later books where the character goes through sexual assault, like, um, oh, when she was dealing with uh, Isaac McQueen, mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. she New York to Dallas, when she was right. dealing with Isaac McQueen. I don't think that even Naked in Death would have ever been able to get 
remotely close to through that case. Right. Because the similarities to everything and the similarities to what she went through would have knocked her over. She would have never been able to crawl out of her own mind. That case would have broken her. Yeah. But she learned how to take that trauma and she learned how to grow with it and she learned how to say you know what yes this is a nightmare yes this nightmare does affect me and yes it does have something to do with the case but she learned how to start using it as a tool hey wait a minute let me really look at this nightmare and pick it apart and see there's something i missed that my subconscious is telling me in this dream let's figure out what it is and she picks those little bits out of it and it's like oh this is what the nightmare was trying to tell me this is what the dream meant let me pay attention to it so i don't think she could have ever ever gotten through that case especially not with her mother involved right (laughs) that case would have torn her apart in the early years and she grew yeah despite her trauma she used it so it's those people i don't think they really realize not only how big it is but it is hard. <laughs> well, and again, to go back to the timeline, you know, we're three years into this. She just remembered like the full yeah. extent to yeah. what happened. Yeah, it's like, didn't she just remember like yeah. three books ago? Yeah, right. I mean, right. That's not something you get over. That in the third book, she remembers yeah. everything. Yeah. So, so not even everything, just most of it. She most you know, of it. Of course, she's never going to remember everything. But you know, you she's, know, she's never going to remember it all. That's and I don't think that her grace and I wouldn't yeah. want her to. Yeah, no, yeah. it's it's a grace that she never ever is going to remember everything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so yeah, that's my other thing. It's like okay, so she like yeah, we're just coming up on their third anniversary at this point, like in the books. Yeah, so it's been three years since she remembered this it's not like <laughs> she remembered when she, you know when she was a teenager and she's still at the point yeah. that she didn't remember until now yeah. so we're watching her deal with this trauma and deal with everything that she went through you know organically we mm-hmm. are and i think it throws people for a loop because in the books it's only been like three years but right. in our lives it's been it's been 25 right <laughs> so like of course when you're looking at it from the way like i can understand how people might be upset but it's like okay if you if you turn your brain off and really immerse in the world and actually pay attention to what the author's saying how she she gives you the timelines you know she's not messing around with it she gives you those timelines yeah 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 so it's like if you pay attention to the books and actually read it you can realize that of course she's never going to be over it I right. think that the amount of growth she's had for three years is outstanding. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, you know, I mean, I always wonder if people that say that kind of thing, they say that they understand, like, oh, well, I understand that, you know, she's had trauma and blah, no. blah. But do they really, I mean, do they have anybody in their lives that have actually gone through trauma like that you to know. that extent yeah to that extent i mean i got probably not <laughs> i've got people in my life that have gone through trauma not not even to that extent and you know 20 years later still dealing with it mm-hmm. you know i've got i've not only got people in my life but i've been through me and Eve have some things in common when it comes to fathers and let me tell you it's been 
well over 15 years and I'm, I'm never going to be, I'm never going to be over it. I still have nightmares to this day. So of course in three years, she's still going to be having nightmares and it's still going to take up a decent part of her life. Mm -hmm. So these, it's like, no, I, I think people who do that, they've never really experienced it or even known people who have really gone through that. Or if they do, they're the people who are saying, to the person who went through it, it happened three years ago. Get over it. Why don't you get over it? Yeah. yeah. It's like there, there is no get over you know, it. You live no. that forever. It's going to be a part of your life forever. So I actually like mm-hmm. that Nora has written Eve that even as she grows, even as she progresses, there are times where she takes two steps back because trauma recovery is never mm-hmm. a straight line. There's good days. And then there's sometimes where it just knocks into you. And I love that she writes that even her character progression isn't going to be a linear thing. There are times when she's going to be knocked back a peg or two to be like, you know what? We're going to go backwards today. So it's, it doesn't, it strikes me as more real, more authentic. Right. (laughs) And I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it just, uh, I don't even know what else to say about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's just I mean, it's infuriating to me. Those kind of reviews really, are just, yeah, it is. they can be, I don't know how you guys do that. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to have to hold on for a minute while I go yell at the wall for a few <laughs> minutes and then I'll be back. <laughs> uh, you know, the thing is we do, we do that those episodes just because of that, just so that we can kind of, you know, yell get it out wall. of our system. Yell, well, no, we don't yell at the wall. We yell at these people via the podcast. <laughs> like, you know. I swear, if some of the people that that wrote these reviews knew that we were doing this, they'd probably sue us, I swear. Because we say <laughs> we some, we say some pretty harsh. ready to deal with that. It's fine. I was going to say, they, they, at that point in time, when they're saying stuff like that, it's like, dude, you put it out there. You deserve yep. everything that comes back to you because of it. Yep. Agreed. <laughs> the internet, nothing, nothing is, ever, everything is forever in the internet. So yeah. best you can but, do is apologize and move on. <laughs> you know, and, and you, the thing is laughter, the best medicine, right? So exactly. we, we have so many, I mean, one of the best reviews we had was some dude that was like, uh during it was betrayal you know and um a lot of rourke's employees were being murdered, <laughs> oh my god you know? <laughs> oh god yeah yeah his uh, <laughs> a maid no in one, tycooning? yeah there was some guy that was like i don't understand why rourke is even you know bothered by this he must have a million employees like who cares about a maid <laughs> And he was like, why, why is he getting so upset? Like, like, have you read the books? I mean, Rourke cares about the whole thing. The whole thing, all the books make it a very clear focus that Rourke has a very personal, hands-on approach to his business, which is why he's one of the few people who sleeps less than Eve does. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So that, that is something I'm glad to see has hasn't changed much she's always gonna be that if i need to take two hours and nap in the middle of this that's fine but otherwise i love how she throws her whole heart into the case just plows i mean mm-hmm. she wears me out i i Jeez. i tell you what as somebody who is i sleep is my god okay i get eight to ten hours a night I <laughs> as somebody like that i'm like you 
are exhausting. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know how you do it, but especially, especially in Faithless, like Faithless was oh, crazy. Oh God, yeah. yeah. I don't think or you know. Creation and Death when I think no. it was oh, Creation yeah. and Death yes. where they were doing yeah. it. It's like, would you get two hours of sleep the whole book? <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, and I'm with Peabody mm-hmm. on that little part where she's just like, how did you and Rourke find time to do the do? Yeah, right? <laughs> like, do the thing. What did you guys do? Thing. Where, where, where have you guys been? <laughs> well, they're yeah. married. They have to do the thing. We've, they do the we've thing. said they that many times. And huh? it's like, it, uh, like I said, it's it's they always find time for each but, other. Too, uh, okay, but all right, but at the precinct, in the, in the showers of the precinct, uh, I'm going to say no on that one. Uh, no. that, yeah, you know, <laughs> and with they Eve, didn't have to find time that. That is my yeah. biggest well, issue. That is my only issue with any <laughs> sex scene in this in these books. I'm like, no, no, Nora, that would yeah, never happen. Eva's not growing that Eva's much. Eva's not going to let that happen. Well, yeah, really. but you know, she has to write those scenes in in a way that's so believable with the story. That's a best. Uh, I, well, it's like yeah, I understand. I mean, you know. Personally, because, it would well, yeah, because they never without one of those scenes, but like, you know, <laughs> that particular novella, like they never left the precinct, they were never mm-hmm. home. And yeah, so I think yeah. she was just looking for a way to. She's <laughs> like, we've got to do this somehow. Like, yeah, exactly. We've already made it thing. very clear that that office thing. is the single most uncomfortable place in the world. That that is something I would like to see her progress past. I would like to see her progress past the. I must have the tiny rat hole office. So yeah, that's so silly. I, I yeah. would like to see her because obviously she's done enough high profile cases that the department cannot keep treating her. No, but that's the thing. I, she, they've told her she can have a better yeah, office. She yeah, I want think it. it's more the familiarity. I think it it's the is, familiarity of that. But just like she grew past needing the familiarity of her office in, you know, Rourke's house. Yeah. And, you know, she now has, it doesn't need to be a reflection well, of her old oh, apartment. Okay. She grew past Well, that. yeah, that's true. Okay, you're right. So maybe she you're can right. grow past needing the rat hole office she yeah. has that she can get in. maybe possibly one with a better security system so the candy thief can stop uh <laughs> and the day we find out whoever that is i it's like that's it i'm happy i'm good i well, want to read gonna, the book jen's Wait. jen's got a theory that is gonna well okay so my theory is and again we haven't we still haven't done a candy thief episode we gotta do that yeah um my theory is it's the whole squad it's an initiation. It's gotta be. <laughs> it's an initiation right. Because if you notice, it happens more when someone new comes in. Mm-hmm. And also, it's like, and she started putting things like little hints in there because you know, she asked Peabody about it, and Peabody's like, I don't know anything about anybody taking candy from your office. And then she asked, I think Santiago about it. And he's like, What? Candy? I don't know. Yeah. No idea. <laughs> And so, yeah. Little, like, I've seen some theories out there, like, oh, it's got to be Rourke, but, like, it's not Rourke. He's got better stuff to do with his time, and he's got better ways to make sure he eats. Okay, this is why I will guarantee that it's not. It is not Rourke. It is not Somerset. No. It is not Whitney. No. And it's not, um, it's not McNabb. No, it's probably not Feeney either. I don't think it's Feeney. Well, I could make a case for Feeney, mm-hmm. but I don't think it is. I, I could make a case yeah. also for McNabb once but, if it's an initiation but, right see, thing. That's the thing. Yeah, if it's an initiation right. 
But also, I think that was a red herring. Mm, mm, yeah. Okay. So. I love these little mysteries inside the mysteries too. Yeah. It's, you've got your whole bigger mysteries and then you've got Eve just living out her daily life. And there's, you know, not yeah. every case is life so, and death. Yeah. Sometimes so, it's just a case. My whole thing is, is that even if it's not an initiation, right? The whole squad knows who it is. Oh God. Yes. Even if it's just one person, they know. They, they know exactly know. who it is and they cover for them. Oh yes. Of course they have to. Yeah. I mean, they've got to get their fun somehow. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, so. So. But I still think it's yeah. a whole, whole bunch of them. Every last one of them. Even True Heart. I think uh, so. <laughs> AJ doesn't think True Heart could keep the secret. No, I, I, think he, I think he has. I think he has, yeah. You're right. Um, <clears throat> so I've probably the, the last subject then we'll touch on as far as Eve's growth or not growth or whatever um <laughs> because one of the things that a lot of people talk about and i have a friend of mine who harps on this continually um that in order that this marriage and eve must progress to the point where they have a baby no 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 the the I, so the the theory is that that's that's how they progress as people right as a couple, no, as a, as people, that they have to oh, accept that. I hate that so much. I, I, I right there with you on that point. So, like, I've seen, I've seen Nora say multiple times oh, yeah. that that mm-hmm. is how the series ends. The minute Eve gets pregnant, the series is done. And it's like, not only do I a not want this series to series to end, I am good with it continuing on. Until the day I, I'm, I'm fine with it continuing on. I'm fine with having to come back as a ghost to read the next installment. I'm good with that. So <laughs> I, I am a okay with that. But at the same time, that is not having a kid changes a relationship. Yes, and it changes mm-hmm. you, but it is not the final stopping point. Right. And I'm sure. I mean, I, as somebody who's currently sitting ten feet away from a ten-year-old who. You know, that is never the stopping point of character development. That is just the start of a different type of character development. Right, exactly. So yeah. I do not believe that Eve giving, I don't believe that her being pregnant would be the way that, you know, her having a baby, I don't see that being the way for Eve's character to end. I don't see that being the final piece in her progression and healing. I see that being is just another step. Right. One right. that she's good. I mean, considering it's only been three years, I am good with them being married for eight to ten years before they finally have a kid because a lot of couples they want to know that they're okay. And even right. Rourke both have severe parent issues that yeah. they still have to deal with. <laughs> they're they're yeah. never gonna oh, get yeah. over that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, but I I think and we've talked about it on the show several times, but I think it's interesting though that um especially once Mavis became pregnant, but not necessarily just because of that, because it's things that happened prior to that. But um, there's these little moments throughout the series uh, where Nora shows not just Eve, but Rourke too, um, getting more and more comfortable around kids. Yes. I mean, they're still completely freaked out about the concept of childbirth Mm -hmm. and childbearing, but yeah, I would, I would like to see not 
like I loved oh what was it with Nixie mm-hmm. oh, Survivor girl, yeah. Survivor and Death yeah. I loved Nixie staying with them for a little bit because yeah. it showed how comfortable they are with kids and at the same time how much they'd have never gotten through that if Somerset so wasn't right there <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> they, they'd have never survived that if Somerset wasn't right there they'd have never managed to get through it so not as comfortable years. as they are with kids they are nowhere near able to be parents yet no. No. right so that's, yeah yeah, yeah. They, they have gotten more comfortable especially with mavis having her now she's having her second child and they are getting more comfortable with it but at the same time they're just like baby yeah. steps guys baby steps is the best you're getting out of anybody right. and i love that <clears throat> that's the thing that they're struggling with the most yeah. Yeah. But sure. you know, I, I honestly, it'll be interesting to see how she handles this next baby of Mavis's because, mm-hmm. you know, the first pregnancy, um, we saw Eve just everything that happened just like freaked her out. Freaked her out. She's just like, no, no. And Bork also. And that, that was fun too because Bork is never this for that freaked out about anything. But Mavis's baby, for some reason, just completely freaked him out. But, um, you know, they they became after the baby was born, you know, little by little, they're becoming a little bit more comfortable around her. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were they were there for that whole process, even though it freaked them out. And I, I'll be very interested to see how she handles this next process, how much more comfortable they mm-hmm. are with it or maybe not. I don't maybe know. Not, I, don't know how, yeah. I don't know how she's going to how she's going to approach it. I want to see emergency even Rourke having to watch Bella while Matt Mavis and Leonardo <laughs> do that. It's emergency. Let's watch baby. And they're just both like, I guess we're doing this yeah. without, I want to see them interacting with her without a barrier or a backup and not for the five, 10 minute interactions that we've seen so far. No, I want to see, you're stuck with her for several hours. What do you do? Right. <laughs> How do you handle this? That yeah. would be a good character progression because I would yeah, I agree that. with that. Yeah. That'd be a great think, way to show her progress. I think Nora said that's never going to happen either because people don't want to read about them doing stuff like that. But Even Nora babysitting, yeah, never going to happen. That's what she I said. think a lot of people would love to see it, and me included. I'm with you. I think that Just would be to fun. see, you know, this is how her character has progressed. She can now survive more than five minutes alone with a child. Yeah. That's new. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, she even has if before, like you, like you said, with Nixie and, and yeah. um, you know, Rourke's, um, Rourke's oh, Kevin. cousin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Kevin? But no, it's not Kevin. It's, no. Um, Sean. Sean. Yeah. 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 He, you know, and she has, but I want to see her interacting with something smaller. Bella's barely capable of doing full sentences. So let's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's, she's barely above calling work orc. So let's, right. uh, let's see them deal with something smaller for yeah. more than five minutes that'll show a huge progression in character definitely yeah where is bella in age right now she's about a year and a half i was gonna say she'd be about a year and a half okay. yeah. closer to i think she has her second birthday coming up well her birthday's in february because she just had her second birth or her first birthday in what apprentice yeah yeah and we're not even to their anniversary yet oh yeah no 
So you should know that um, Jen is the one that remembers everything. Ah. And I am the one that remembers nothing. I I I can remember the single, I can remember innocuous details like the character's name and, you know, I can remember certain snippets of quotes and words that really show it, but the book's all kind of smashed together I have, time. I have a weird book memory it, like I can remember details from books that I read 50 years oh, ago I can yeah. remember not 50 because I'm not even 50 yet them. but you know what I mean Yeah, <laughs> I, I can remember like I said I can remember this most insane innocuous details like I can remember Eve making a note in her head about not wanting to pick that jacket and having to go towards this jacket right. I can remember <laughs> right. that scene right but I cannot for the life of you tell you exactly what book that happened in because they've all kind of smashed yeah. together. It, it happens when, because most of the time when I read them, I read them yeah, one right after the one other. Right after the other, yeah. sure. They, mm-hmm. they don't take very long to read, so I'll read two or three in the same day. And it's like, well, <laughs> that's all one book. That's all one event now. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, Jen can remember details of books that her mom read while she was in the womb, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not quite that bad but not that bad but pretty good i don't yeah. know i've got personally i've got a little over 1500 books so wow that's yeah i i i'm gonna be bell in the library one of these days yeah Works right? library <laughs> Works library when they were describing that i was like that yeah that's what I, want. I want that right there right yeah Absolutely. fantastic that would have been enough for me to go you know what i think i'll just move in and I'll stay in this room and you can have the rest of the house. <laughs> I I took when I bought my house, I I made one of the spare bedrooms a library because see I'm living in a library right now. Most of the, all my books are in my room and it's okay. I don't need any decorations. I'm good. I've got, you know, a couple things that can float above the bookshelves and above my bed and I'm good with that. Yeah. But I've got I've got her books all lined up nice and neat in order. Including the anthologies, putting those the anthologies and the little tiny thin what are those those short stories, putting those yeah, little tiny was, thin ones yeah. there in order to man, finding out that order was the internet with very little help. Wow. Very little yeah. help with that. <laughs> but they're in order, they're nice, they're neat, they're lined up and they're currently have two soda cans in front of it because my so, son decided so, to leave them there. <laughs> do you um do you have different like do you have different book covers do you collect like older book covers new book covers or just whatever you have honestly whatever i can find i last year i was missing about 15 of the books in the series and i'm like okay i'm done looking for them to be a certain way at this point in time i just want them i'm done waiting to find this specific series so i just went on to thrift books and i bought them all like there, there you go. go. I, I got them all. I put them in there, and now they're all some are paperbacks, some are hardcover. That shelf mm. is all discombobulated <laughs> and out of sorts. But you know what? They're all in there. They're all there. Pick them all, and they're all in order, and they look. I, I'm gonna own every single one of those books. It's the only book series that I buy the day it comes out. Yeah, yeah. only book series that I'm that obsessive about. But yeah. it's. Same. It's a fantastic series, so it's worth it every time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. So um, we have some fan questions that we ask everybody that comes <laughs> on the yes. show. Okay. Um, <laughs> we even asked these questions to Susan Erickson, and she... We did. <laughs> ...answered them. 
but uh, they're even though she answered sad. the hot dog question wrong, didn't she? Well, we'll we'll get to that, okay? <laughs> so, um, sorry, so, sorry, my bad. Yeah, <laughs> don't spoil it, Jen. Okay, so in, in, it's going to start out really easy. Well, maybe not. Uh, favorite in death book? Oh, God. You know what? I'm just going to go with Faithless because it's the most recent one. And I I love it. I love uh, You know what? Betrayal and death. Betrayal? Because there's betrayal and death because there's this scene in the way Feeny, it's a huge moment for character growth in the way Feeny and Eve's character grows. Mm-hmm. There's those moments where Feeny hurts her so much and Rourke has to pull him aside and say, this is what her father did to her. You are a father figure to her shape up. And he has to mm-hmm. go back in. And the way Nora describes Feeny's reaction to Eve's body language and her tensing up at him. Oh my God, that tears my heart out every time. So pro- probably betrayal and death just because of that that moment i've read that book more than any of the others really yeah huh. <laughs> well that's great everybody's got a favorite you know everybody and, does yeah. you know and it's great in in us rereading these then we we kind of familiarize ourselves with you know those things that we forgot about or you know like mm-hmm. Jen said, we read one and go like, I forgot how great this book was. <laughs> yes, God. <laughs> every time so I long. reread them, every time I reread them, I do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I forgot about how this, I forgot about this moment. And, yeah. 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 So uh, question number two, besides even Rourke, who are your favorite in death? Who is your favorite in death character? Besides even Rourke, my favorite in death character has got to be Nadine. Mm. <laughs> I love her sharp as nails her she's intelligent she's capable she's strong and i love how while her character has grown some she's one of the most well-rounded static characters she's very she's always been strong she's always been headstrong she's always been the person that eve can rely on because they both have that same work ethic she reminds me a lot of she's eve but in the journalism field as opposed to in the law and order field. Mm-hmm. So I, Nadine, I love her character. Well, um, plus she's got Jake now, who is one of my favorite characters. I am all about Jake. She's got this fantastic life. You know, she went from being a reporter and a stringer to being a owning her own show and having her own books. I love how in Faithless Index, she makes this little comment. That's my next book. I've got my next book idea. It's like you, all of your book ideas have come from Eve and her fantastic. I love it. She's I next love, Oprah. She is. She's doing great. Absolutely. It would have to be Nadine. All right. Um, okay. So not counting any in death books. What was the last book you read? Um, I'm actually in the middle of it right now. I have a thing for the Tudor Wives and for Philippa Gregory and Alison Weir, and I'm reading Catherine of Aragon. Ah, oh, nice. I have it sitting over here, so I'm reading that one, and I'm also reading a not an anonymous girl. That one's my workbook. I have a tendency to leave the book at work or leave the book at home, oh, so God. I have to have two separate books now. <laughs> it's like that. That's just what we're doing. One is at work, one is at home, and that's how I'm going to have to do go. this. There you so, go. Yeah. 
but yeah, so I'm reading those two right now. Okay. Um, so question number four, you could say that in the in-death world, Rourke has a monopoly on several things. When you play monopoly, what piece do you choose? I go for the shoe. I like the shoe. I like the shoe because it's, and I just, it's honestly, to me, it's the piece that it's the one that's not going to fall over no matter what you do to it. <laughs> and I used to have, okay, so when we used to play Monopoly, my brother used to smack his hand on the table and the board yeah. would jiggle. Man, that shoe goes nowhere. So I, <laughs> me and that shoe have been the piece together. We go together the whole time. <laughs> that's All one right. of the reasons I love the top hat. There you uh, go. It goes nowhere. You can't do anything to it. Nope. Okay. Question number five. We know from Immortal that Rourke sings in the shower. Do you sing in the shower? Yes. I make it a whole production. I have a little water tooth, waterproof Bluetooth speaker, and I'll put on whatever I'm in the mood for. I put that on, and I belt it out, and God knows everybody in my house has been subjected to that more than once, but yes, definitely. <laughs> Caitlin, Caitlin has a Bluetooth speaker in the in the mm-hmm. shower, and as well. I've got my poor Spotify playlist has a little over four hundred hours on it, so I kind of have to preset it before I go in. But one yeah. of one of our episodes, we asked people to um, contribute their picks to a in death soundtrack. And oh. we ended up with like what fifteen oh, hours God. of music. Fifteen hours of music. <laughs> like it's great. It's a great playlist too. It's, it's a really fantastic good playlist. Well, and there are times I'll be reading it, and I'm just like, you know what? This song. This song this goes song with this person. Yes. This yes. Yes. And that yeah. was kind of the idea behind the episode because we talk. We're all big. We're all big music fans, so we we mm-hmm. talk about music a lot. And we're like, we should do a show on the on an in depth soundtrack. So. So yeah, yeah, you can, you can search for you can search for the playlist if you want. I was gonna say I'm gonna have to do some searching and find that playlist because yeah, it'll be really yeah. fun while I'm reading the books. I discovered so many songs that are now in my like regular Same. rotation. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and they make me think of the characters. <laughs> when I was they in Chicago this weekend, Mr. Brightside came up and I, and I was jamming. My it, my cousin's like, "What are you?" Yeah. How do you Jen, even know this song? I'm like, I love this song. I didn't know that song. Jen adds this song, Mr. Brightside, to the to the playlist. But I was going through the playlist <laughs> and listening to it so I could familiarize myself before we did the show. And that song came up and I was like, you picked this for Webster, didn't you? <laughs> She's like, yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, it's a Webster it's song, song for sure. Oh, God. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> And somebody picked a song, um, Supergirl. I don't even, I have never heard that song before in my entire life. It was Sarah, wasn't it? No, it was somebody just random who answered our, yeah, Yeah, but, and I don't even remember who sings it off the top of my head. It is like the Eve song. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Anyway, so enough about that. Um, (laughs) So. Uh, question number six, what gadget from the in-death world would you most want to have today? I want an auto chef. So, so badly, I want an auto chef. <laughs> I, think, I think that's the number one answer so far. Oh, God, yeah. And yeah. it's because, I mean, I, I don't, get me my, don't get me wrong, I like cooking, but there are times when I'm just like, you know? I don't want to cook, yeah. 
I don't want it. Not only do I not want to cook, but what I want, I specifically want something that's going to take an hour to cook it, but I don't want to take an hour to cook it. So if I could yeah. just push a button and have it delivered. That's a good point. Auto chefs would be. Yeah. God, I who, whoever invented those in that world needs to get on it because we're getting yeah, close. <laughs> we're getting close. I want them now. <laughs> We've talked too about like how that technology would actually work. Oh, um, no earthly ideas. That that sort of thing is something that's <laughs> way above it. Way beyond my brain. Yeah, right. Yeah, way beyond my brain. But I want one. I want yeah. one badly. And we know that people have to cook to put things in it because Somerset right. cooks things to put it in yeah, there. Somerset stocks it. But Eve stocks hers. So Eve stocks hers. But like, you know, for a fact, Eve is not making apple pie. Right. So I don't know how they do that, but I and want it. There is so like, it's not an auto chef, but there is, uh, I, I can't remember what the name of it is, but it's uh, uh, one of those ovens, smart ovens. That's a food delivery service as well. Oh, and God. you you kind of scan the barcode and so it knows how to cook whatever you're putting in it. So you just scan the barcode and stick the thing in and it knows how to cook it correctly. And I think it kind of works that way. Maybe it's a little like refrigerator unit behind there and you put stuff in and it, you know, knows what knows everything what is. And, yeah. Yeah. I need you know. one. Yeah. I need one in every room in the house. Mm-hmm. And in your limousine. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I need one in every room in the house and in my car. And in that your would just be perfect. Urban. Mm-hmm. Um, question number seven: What is your most controversial opinion? I guess it would probably be that I most definitely don't want Eve to have a kid. Like, yeah, I think it's controversial. I like, think we all. I was gonna say for me, it's it's ever. I don't want yeah. her to have a kid. Ever. Oh, ever. Not just, yeah, oh. not just because hmm. the end of the series, but like. Never. I don't want her to have a kid because I, I just don't see her being the type of, I'm a firm believer that if you want a kid, if you're going to have a kid, then you'd better be prepared to never sacrifice a day in your life. Because to me, a sacrifice is only a sacrifice if, okay, favorite quote I like to use, if a a mother is only sacrificing if she buys, if a mother wants a hat and instead buys food for her child, she's only sacrificing if she valued the hat more than the child. I believe that if you are going to be a parent, you should never, ever sacrifice. You should never be at that point where you have to actually sacrifice something because the child should be it. And with Eve, I could never see her not sacrificing her job for the child. There would come a time where she would have to sacrifice the job for the child and that would tear her apart. So mm. I don't ever want her to have a kid unless she manages to be like, unless she gets into Whitney's place, you know, she becomes chief of police or not even Whitney Tibble, unless she gets into his place where she's <laughs> chief of police and she doesn't do things every single day. I want that. I, unless she gets huh. there, she doesn't, she shouldn't be a, she doesn't need to be a mom because it doesn't need to complete her. And I don't think she should ever have a kid because she would have to sacrifice for it. And that would tear her up. Huh. That is a controversial opinion. <laughs> I can see how that would be, yeah. It's, it's a definite, careful, thought-out answer, but it, yeah, not very many people would agree with me. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, question number eight. Rourke has an unusual collection of weapons of war. What unusual collection do you have? I mean, outside of books, I mm-hmm. collect um, tarot cards. Mm. I have about 10 different decks, and some of them are good. Some of them are in tarot card prison because they're just being mean, so they get to go someplace else while I deal with them. But yeah, I read tarot cards, and I have a collection, and I not very many people I know have that. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, okay, so. Question number nine. <laughs> Occasionally, Eve will allow Peabody to stop for food, and more often than not, that is some sort of hot dog. Is a hot dog a sandwich? No. Thank you. Because, okay, so, because <laughs> you have to use the sandwich test. The sandwich was invented by the Earl of Sandwich in order to consume food more easily with one hand while gambling. If it does not make it easier to consume while gambling, if it's not easier to consume one-handed while gambling, then it doesn't pass the sandwich test. Hot dogs do not pass I, that test. I, that's everywhere. a good point. I, I would argue with that because I just had a hot dog today while driving. So I had one hand See, eating but a it hot dog it and I was driving. It doesn't make it, it easier. Wouldn't, to it wouldn't have been easy for me to do with the sandwich either. It would be. It would have been harder to do with with the sandwich. But no. But but the point is, is you can't take the sandwich <laughs> ingredients and just eat them while you're Separately. driving. <laughs> See, okay. So the sandwich ingredients were meant. They were meant to be non. They were meant to be food ingredients brought to him in an easier way to eat while one-handed. Hot dogs don't have a harder way to eat. No, they just have that. So they just are that way. So it doesn't pass the sandwich test. It doesn't pass okay. the sandwich test. It doesn't get to be yes, Earl of Sandwich. I like that answer. <laughs> okay. No, this question, I brought it up when we my, my family went camping last month. And like my whole family, my brothers, my nieces and nephews, and my parents. And uh, I brought this question up. And oh, man, we had quite the debate going on. <laughs> and my nephew, apparently, Shelly was telling me the other day, she's like, she's like i gave will a hot dog for lunch and he looked at me and went mom this is not a sandwich <laughs> See? out of the mouth of babes yeah he's he's three and a half so you know out of the mouth of babes come to the truth. Oh, no, like, i don't the know truth. if you remembered the conversation or what but yeah he was like mom not a sandwich yeah <laughs> smart kids you know it, it'll just be Everybody else, and then me and Susan Erickson will be okay. <laughs> get as a sandwich. Yes, yeah. <laughs> her daughter says it's a taco, which I think is closer. Go, yeah. We said, Caitlin, mean, what is it? She's like, it's a taco. It's a taco. <laughs> she said that the argument could be made for a taco, it could be, the or argument a wrap. could be made for a taco as well. Yeah, so, um. Question number 10 What lessons are you taking away from 2020? Or now 2021. Or 2021. Like, yeah. Lessons that I'm taking from 2020 take time for yourself. And okay, so my job was one of the few jobs that I didn't, I was considered an essential employee. Mm -hmm. So I didn't get any lockdown, any shutdown. I didn't get any of that. So I learned that, you know what? You got to take time for yourself because everybody else is doing it. Might as well. 
That's when I was like, you know what? Everybody else is doing it. I should take time for me. And I have been applying that rule and it has been great. I've been through more books this year than I have in any year previous. So that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely do that. Yep. Um, question number 11. If Mira's playlist contains some songs by Mavis Freestone, some people might be surprised. What band or artist would people be most surprised to find on your playlist? nobody there there's nobody who knows me would be surprised okay my dad would probably be, be a little annoyed because so i have like i mentioned before i have a little over 4000 songs or a little over 400 hours on this on my playlist i go i have everything i have everything my music playlist will literally go from five finger death punch to rihanna to jimmy buffett to queen (laughs) and nobody blinks an eye everybody in my family knows yep that's just i've had i have a work playlist that i have that does something very similar but it's all the nice neat clean songs (laughs) i have a work playlist for that and i have seen customers almost get whiplash but they're like wait a minute no 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 you can't do that you cannot have a led zeppelin song followed very shortly by taylor swift that's not a lot. What you they're like they're like you what can. radio station go together. Is this? and i'm just like um it's my playlist it's not a radio station so yeah. nobody who knows me would be shocked by anything on my playlist except they might be maybe a little shocked to find as much taylor swift down there as there is <laughs> there's a lot it kind of threw me for a loop the other day when i was organizing my playlist so they might be a little shocked to find that they'd be like you don't like country no you're right but um but taylor oh, I like swift her. yeah she's amazing she i love her music so same it took me by surprise she kind of crept up on me yeah. but there she is one of my I like, favorite artists I, now. I, love, I like everything i like country too so i yeah I, but oh i i just love her i like there are very few genres out there that i just dismiss out of hand i can always find yeah. something to listen to Same. in any genre so yeah. nobody would be surprised by anything <laughs> all right so last question um besides podcast and death uh favorite podcast Grove Daughter Witchery. It's uh, it's by Brina Garen. She is, it's one of the only other podcasts that I listen to. I listen to it because she does a fantastic job looking at witchcraft from a secular point of view, not as a religious point of view. And that's my style of looking at it. So I found her podcast and I love it. It's one of the best ones. <laughs> that's very cool. All right. So we we might have to have you on again and talk about the uh, the paranormal. We we did one episode about the paranormal in the in depth series, but oh, I you know what Rourke and I have the same opinion that I while I respect Eve as a character, she is dead wrong. There are some things that science cannot explain. <laughs> I am on Rourke's side that there is magic in the world and. His little ring with that carved protection in it is really just, that's his way of trying to keep her safe as best as he can, okay? I am okay with that. So I'm on his side in that matter. Me too. Okay, I'm opposite. (laughs) I'm on Eve's side. She's opposite. She's on Eve's side. So. (laughs) But I'm with you. (laughs) Okay, I think that's it. Unless you have anything else you want to discuss. 
No, I am good. I've actually got to start getting somebody into baths and beds. Mm. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Well, we appreciate you coming on to the show. Thank you for inviting fun. me. It was yeah. highlight of my yeah. month. <laughs> it was it was really fun. It was a fun discussion. Yes. And uh, if you guys yeah, we'll ever want to wanna, yeah, say if you guys ever want to have me on again, just hit me up in my email. I'll get a hold of it. We would love <laughs> it. All right. All right. All right. Thank you guys. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks so much. Okay. All right. So, that yeah, that was fun. Yeah. She was very knowledgeable. Yeah. About the series. I was very happy about that. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I was going to go to podcast business, but I, I don't know that we have much. I will say that we have had a couple of people. So, <laughs> oh, Bookish Arkansas Girl. Oh, yeah just posted today um, saying that because of our last episode where we gave people our Nora picks, mm-hmm. um, she's, she posted on Instagram. Um, After the last episode of podcast and death, I decided to go back and revisit some of my favorite Nora books. Where to start at the beginning. Of course, the first Nora Roberts book I ever read was jewels of the sun book one in the Gallagher's of Ardmore series. And that's a great place to start if you're going to start, you know, reading Nora books. Absolutely. You know, Um, but also Michelle Kay, she posted on our Instagram and says uh, about that episode, Whiskey Beach is a good one. I trust you. (laughs) She said, just finished year one. Oh, my God. Fabulous. I've had it since it was first published, but couldn't seem to get into it. Read it in two days, and now I'm halfway through book two of Blood and Bone. <laughs> He's saying, I'm yeah. sorry, Nora Roberts author, for not reading it immediately. I trust in you. <laughs> so. I love it. Yeah, you know, and I told her, I always trust Nora. Yep. You know. Always. But, yeah, here one's amazing, yeah. as we said on that so show. Good. Yeah. yeah I actually so just got a chance to listen today to um, – to last week's show. <laughs> As yeah. I'm listening, I'm like, I really want to pull out half these books and just reread them because I love them so much. That's great. You know, and I hope that people do. I hope that people yeah. go and rediscover old Nora books that they forgot about or yeah. people that don't read Nora, pick up a Nora book. And you know what? If you do, be sure to let us know which ones you know. got yeah. and uh, whether or not you were happy with them. Um, I would like to see a surge in Nora book, you yeah. know, purchases. Absolutely. That would be amazing. So last on, on our show last time too, uh, we talked about, we want more listeners to maybe contact us and, and uh, if they want to come on the show, you can see with Catherine, we, we didn't bite. No, you seem fine with it. So, yeah, you know, seemed like she had a great time. So and she didn't have a great time. Us. You guys know us. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's so funny when that when that happened because I just you know I don't know why it was like late at night and she reviewed Naked and she gave it such a great review and then she said she was <laughs> a fan of the rest of the series I was like why not I'll contact right. her you know but uh, you guys out there that listen to us yeah you know us and and if you especially if you have a specific topic that you want to talk about yeah 
make sure that you let us know sure. contact us on any of our social on media show. we love having people on it's fun yeah you know if you want to be on the show or if you have anything to contribute call the number number call is number. 205-476-2753 and that spells out 2054 rourke or you can get in touch with us on any of our social media platforms. Just look for podcasts and death on Instagram, Twitter, Twitter. Facebook. So Jen is the one that runs our Facebook. Um, so you probably already saw that, but I took a little yeah. screenshot of yeah. who was it that was like asking people about uh, a book wreck that we had um, another book. Was, wreck. Uh, well, Alyssa, Alyssa Sargent. Yes. Yeah. She was yep. asking about the uh, Samantha Jellico series yep. by Suzanne Enoch, which I highly yep. recommend. Yep. I, I just love when that th- that happens, you know. Yeah. That people yeah, we're getting a pretty great little community built up in, on yeah. Facebook, so it's been fun. People that yeah. don't that haven't been on like Twitter or Instagram have joined Facebook, the Facebook group. So right, that's really fun. And yeah, people we know from the old board have joined, even though they don't listen to us. But right. <laughs> they know us so <laughs> it's they, can fine. Give a, they can give an opinion sure fine for you yeah fine donna and carol yeah, fine call you both out exactly <laughs> they won't ever listen to us so we can call them out it's fine exactly so next week as we said hopefully it's going to be portrait depending yeah. on depending on tara's schedule tara's schedule time. we might have to change maybe recording nights mondays are fine with me too Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. So um Except for next week's the bachelor's finale. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm just you know, I mean priorities, Jen. I know, I know. So it's terrible. Anyway, so hopefully um Tara will be able to uh join us next week and we'll talk about portrait. And until then, I think that's it. Yeah. We don't have a plan for the rest of the month. I, I only have July up on my calendar yeah, up here. So we'll figure it out. We always do. We'll figure it out. I think we say that every week. We'll figure yeah, it out. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then I we like, know what totally, week we're doing the book. Okay. I totally <laughs> schedule somebody in that nobody knows. Like, uh, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it we'll she'll be great. No worries. She was. She was. She was great. Yeah. She was really great. So, um, Anyway, maybe one, you know more of our listeners will contact us and want to be on the show. That'd be great. So come hang out with us, guys. Yeah, it's a good time. So anyway, yeah, I think that's it for this week. So until next week for podcast and death. This is AJ. This is Jen, and we'll see you next week, guys. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to Podcast in Death. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would greatly appreciate it. Podcast in Death is hosted by Amy Ryan, Jen Terpstra, and Tara Corkery, and is edited and produced by Amy Ryan. The opinions expressed on this show are for entertainment purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the in-death fandom at large. Podcast in-death is not in any way affiliated with Nora Roberts, Berkeley, Penguin Publishing Group, or St. Martin's Press. Our theme song is Justice Never Sleeps by Cosmo and is available on Shutterstock.com. 
This episode and all of our previous episodes are available at podcastindeath.com. Have something to say? You can email us at show at podcastindeath.com or find us on social media by searching for Podcast in Death on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, you can call us and leave a message at 205-476-2753. That spells out 205-4-Rourke. Thanks again for listening. And in the immortal words of Brian Kelly, fucking slouch at you. Yeah.